Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Mujahat Ali. And once again, we are so excited. We are bringing in powerhouse guests to Democracy-ish. And I will turn it over to Waj to introduce our next powerhouse guest. Powerhouse guest. All right. The bar is high, Julia. Uh, proud, <laughs> proud to introduce, finally, my Jewish sister from another mother, Julia Yaffe, founding partner and Washington correspondent at Puck. But you've also read her articles everywhere from Politico to The Atlantic to GQ to New Republic. You've seen her on TV, uh, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, MSNBC. She is oftentimes the Russia girl, but so much more than that. She is also an expert paella maker among her many, <laughs> many other talents. Julia, thanks so much for joining us on democracy Ish with me and Danielle. Thanks for having me. Although I believe it's sister from another mister. Is, is it? Ah. All right. Oh, oh yes. Yes, it is sister from another mister. Uh, Brother I, from I, another mother, sister from another mister. Yes. I'm a simple man. English was not my <laughs> first language. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes, Julia, you're in high demand ever since this Ukraine situation happened, which has been happening for a while. However, I want to take this DeLorean back. And I think it's important <laughs> for our listeners to connect the dots to 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 why we are at the place that we are right now in America and the world. And you and I, you know, I first started reading you is was the lead up to the 2016 election. And you did this great profile on Melania Trump, the, oh, yes. the lovely Thank Melania you. Trump, the empathetic Thank Melania you. Trump, who uh, who became a U.S. citizen with the Einstein visa because her contribution to America was lying naked on a rug. Uh, and don't you forget did, the diamonds. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, other immigrants have to work hard and be brilliant researchers. And some people like Melania get to lie naked on a rug. I don't hate. But you did this somewhat critical, well-reported piece on Melania. You did your job. As a result of that, you were one of the first, I would say, mainstream right-wing targets who openly came after you for being Jewish. Right. And there is a rumor that you're of the Jewish <laughs> persuasion. I know I and hide it so well. You hide, you hide it so well. <laughs> but people also forget, and people don't know that you're actually your family is actually a Jewish refugee family. They fled in the '80s. You're like a fob kid who came here with the fob with the fob, like you know, amazing '80s photos. But they directly went after you. These images are horrendous. I mean, if you look at the images of what they did, what they sent out, it's like stuff from the '30s and '40s. The reason why I mention that is from an early point on, five years ago, you kept warning. America, that this is not uh, an outlier. This is the norm. And so I want to take this DeLorean back to that time 
what you experienced and what you witnessed and what you were trying to warn the rest of us about that unfortunately fell on deaf ears. So we're really going back. Okay. So um, basically what happened was I was asked to write a profile of Melania Trump, who, uh, you know, at the time when this piece was commissioned, Trump was ascending in the polls. Like he wasn't even the front runner yet. He was the, he was about to become the presumptive nominee when the piece came out. And Melania didn't like the piece one, because I correctly reported as had been reported elsewhere that her caviar infused skincare line failed on the market. Shocking. I know. Uh, and, and, um, my Slovenian fixer and I found her, um, illegitimate half brother in Slovenia whom she did not know about. And she obviously did not like that, but you know, if you're a public figure, uh, that's what happens. But, she did not like that either. And she wrote a Facebook post about me um, and the the alt-right picked up on it. The Daily Stormer picked up on it uh, and said I was a filthy Russian kike and that I had dared to insult Empress Melania, wife of their glorious leader, Donald Trump. And they doxed me. So they released my address, my phone number, my email, and I started getting hit with... Um, uh, messages on social media, email. I started getting phone calls that were uh, just recordings of Hitler speeches. I started getting phone calls from uh, vendors of coffins. So like overnightcaskets.com called me and said, oh, hi, you ordered a casket. For, um, this is Mike from overnightcaskets.com and you ordered a $5,000 caskets. Um, and I was like, uh, sorry, what? And so basically people were going on these, the contact us form forms on these websites for caskets, for crime scene cleanups, homicide cleanups, these like bio cleanup sites and putting in my name as Julia, as J E W L I A. So Julia, get it. Um, and so these vendors unwittingly were calling me, uh, and were horrified when I would tell them what, what they had become part of. Um, and this was all happening. I didn't realize until my father had pointed out that this was happening on the literal anniversary of our arrival in the U.S. as refugees from the Soviet Union. We were part of the wave of Jackson Bannock Jews, um, the Jews who fled institutionalized state-sponsored anti-Semitism in the Soviet Union, where Jews were uh labeled in all their papers, birth certificates, passports, everything as Jews. You were, we were second-class citizens. We weren't allowed into most uh, schools and universities. We were kept out of many uh, professional fields, et cetera. Um, not to mention just, you know, day-to-day kind of anti-Semitism. Uh, and so it, it is, um, what my family went through in the Soviet Union is something that, um, has given me a lot of perspective on what uh, Black Americans go through every day. I'm like, oh, this is very familiar. Not the same, but very familiar. Anyway, so this was happening literally on the day that we arrived, on the anniversary of the day we arrived in the U.S. as refugees from anti-Semitism, the Soviet Union. So while I was, um, I was just like, okay, this is an interesting event. Um, I wasn't like I, w- I was made uncomfortable by it, but I wasn't scared. I was just like, oh, this is interesting because these people in their social media profiles 
were clearly uh Trump supporters like this was in their profile pictures, their background pictures or other tweets, other Facebook messages. Um, I called the police. The police couldn't do anything. Condé Nast security was like, please don't make any more Twitter today, ma'am. Um <laughs> Because some, somehow you tweeting is the problem, right? Like, oh you're, man, like, that, I mean, you like, you tweeting, you tweeting, and expressing yourself is the problem, not the reaction by rabid white supremacist Nazis is the is the problem. Yeah, please, I mean, go, please go away, Julia, and, and keep try not existing as a Jewish woman for two days. Just, can yeah. you do that? I mean, I mean, the 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 like law enforcement response is a whole separate issue um a, a couple of years ago um uh a a guy started stalking me who was a, a former army ranger who had been in jail for ass assaulting a federal police officer um and he had been let out of jail uh because of covid in the spring of 2020 and he started stalking me and when i called the police it got kicked up to like a slightly higher level and after like a week of, I guess, them, quote unquote, investigating, uh, this was like summer of 2020, they called me back and they were like, well, it's not technically stalking because you didn't tell him that you wanted him to that you didn't want this attention. So can you um, so if he ever gets in touch again, please very nicely and politely tell him that, no, you do not want this attention. Don't tell him you called the police because you don't want to upset him. Um, and just like, and again, like, don't provoke him just very politely say that you do not want his attention. And then if he gets in touch after that, um, then we can consider it stalking, but up to this point, it's not stalking. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm so glad that there's a whole campaign to fund the police, you know, put more of them out there to do exactly Wait, what did Nothing. they do? Nothing. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think if okay. they had more resources, though. Um, yeah, I think that the resources I think that's are really, the problem. I think that's really the missing element here, as we saw in Uvalde. Like, if they just had a little bit more money, I think that yeah. would have been. I think that they could have seen that, you know, I think more money would have helped them turn the knob, you know, like just and see. And just be less. And just, like, remember what their mission the is, I think. Julia, you know, you, 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 the stories Sorry. you just told we me got right now, I didn't, on a tangent. No, no, no. It's, uh, by the way, for those of you who lack uh, subtlety, uh, Julia and Danielle are laying on the sarcasm very, very thick. thick. It's dripping from the screen. So I don't want to get any hate mails. Like, what right. the hell are you guys talking about? This is their very knowing, sarcastic comments. But, you know, you, you shared stories that I did not know. I knew this, but I did not know the extent of it, right? Like the, what you just shared with us right now. It's like kind of like Danielle and our mouths are agape. This was happening and it has happened. And the reason I, I wanted to take this DeLorean back is that what we're witnessing now with Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm -hmm. Paul Gosar, oh, mm -hmm. this is not new. Mm -mm. You called it. You said so, this is yeah. happening. So, okay. So back in 2016, my response was like, oh, this is interesting because all that happened, all that happened was I wrote an article that Melania Trump the wife of some guy running for president who isn't even the nominee yet didn't like this profile. She didn't like an article. She didn't like what I said, A, about her skincare cream. And I found her illegitimate half-brother, like big deal. And this is what's happening. Like, it's not like 
slamming the article. It's, you know, that it's this outpouring of anti-Semitic, uh, you know, photoshopping my face onto Auschwitz, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, like mugshots. Not like the yeah what is it like when they intake prisoners and they take the mm-hmm, photo mm-hmm. mugshots mm-hmm. yeah uh into gas into gas chambers you know and of course like dozens of my relatives were killed in the holocaust um uh i'm getting threats i'm getting people calling to ask if i've ordered homicide cleanup cleanups at my house or caskets caskets at my house i'm not scared but i'm just thinking this is interesting like they're not even in the white house yet it's just an article like what happens Mm. when they're in the white house when they have the whole apparatus of government or if when and if or if and when they have the whole apparatus of the government the justice department the army you know the nuclear codes right and like and they don't like what the press writes about them. What happens? And so I started publicizing what was happening to me because I wanted people to know it, that it wasn't about me and it wasn't that I was scared and it wasn't poor me. It was just like, these are the people that Trump is empowering. These are the people that if he were to win, we're going to ride into the White House on his coattails and that are going to see his victory as their victory and that he's going to lean on them when he doesn't like something. And in fact, when Wolf Blitzer asked Donald Trump, if he had a message for these fans who were going after me, he said, I have no message Mm. for my fans. And then when Melania was asked about them in a fashion magazine, she said that I had provoked them. That was the word she used provoked. Um, And that was April of 2016. You know, and then, and, and, and like, and I remember at the time, very prominent, uh, journalists, including very prominent TV anchors, including Jewish, um, TV anchors calling me and saying, why are you making such a big deal out of it? Why are you making it about yourself? Just keep your head down, focus on the story. And I'm like, this is the story. This is the story that he, there's like these people are, he's bringing these people out of the woodwork. These are going to be his goons in the streets. And guess who was right? From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, what? What is what's so troubling about all this, because first of all, let me just say that um, I would have been scared to fucking death. Right. Like if I'm getting if I'm getting phone calls in the middle of the night, you know, or at any time of day about casting yeah, some of them were in the middle of the night, up, you know, like that. Like so. I, so one that is just discussing on its face. And, and this is even more so highlighting what women in particular yes. experience. Right? right. Because if you had been a man and had written this piece, right? There, there is a whole different type of, um, of, of, of just pressure and hate that is wielded towards women that also comes with a level of sexual violence that also comes, you know, with anti-Semitism. If you are a a black woman or another woman of color, the racism, um, is compounded. And I think that what is really frustrating is that there's this compartmentalization that is done, I think, in the media where it's like, oh, no, it isn't Donald Trump. It's just his millions of followers like, oh, no, it's not the whole Republican Party is filled with white supremacists and racists and Nazis. No, it's just this fringe group. And so by by virtue of the media having been able to turn this into a fringe situation, they purposefully miss the forest for the trees, right? Because mm-hmm. I rem- on on election night, I said that the election of Donald Trump on television, I said was white supremacy's last stand. And people were like, oh my God, give him a chance. And so, you know, mm-hmm. even though Julia now- Well, because he was going to grow into the job. He was right, about to because, become presidential. Right. Because white men that are in their 70s have a a level of perpetual adolescence that we that we are just waiting for them all to grow into themselves. Right. That they can both be these fragile, uh, these fragile babies that need caretaking. And then they have a benefit. And I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but they get a benefit of the doubt extended to them constantly that women never do. People of color never do. Women of color never do. We never get that. No, because it's only it is it is by virtue created to um, elevate their masculinity, which is so overtly toxic, but plays into the patriarchy that this country was built on. I digress. When you realize that you're like, oh, my God, this is who is going to buoy this man, this Mm. family into the presidency. And no one is not even your colleagues in this space, not even those that also share your Jewish faith are recognized. Like, do you feel crazy? Did you feel like at some point, maybe you are making too much of a big deal about this? Mm. Like, well, to, to be fair, a lot of people did stand up for me. A lot of people did push back. I mean, Wolf Blitzer directly asked Trump about it. I mean, he is also Jewish and he was you know, he directly went right to the source because he recognized it for what it was. And a lot of people did, but there were a lot of people who, um, I would say it was split. There were people who recognized the danger, but I think for the most part, people saw it again. The people who 
rallied behind me and sent me messages and sent me flowers, which was like, what? <laughs> um, I don't need flowers. Like I'm good. Um, they saw it as a personal thing. They saw it as a personal attack as opposed, as opposed to like, uh, as opposed to the thing that I was trying to convey, which is, it's not about me personally. It's mm -hmm. about the fact that this is what happens when Melania Trump didn't like what I said about her defunct skincare line. And she, they're not even in the white house yet. Yeah. Yet. Right. Yeah. Um, like this is not about me and I don't need flowers. I'm okay. Right. Like this is flowers. ultimately, ultimately this is just, um, I like, I like at that moment, I was like, it's just Twitter and phone calls. Like I'm okay. But, but, but let, let's became... talk about, let, let's talk about like what this is, what this means. Um, and then it was interesting when it happened to Jonathan Weissman, a man, and everybody's like, oh, okay, now this is serious. And then he like gets a book deal and writes a book about it and like makes a bunch of money about on it. And I was like, for fuck's sake. It, and he very much made it about himself and about his like victimhood. And I was like, again, it's not about you, the person. It's about creating a climate of no dissent, right? Exactly. It, that, that's a, it's exactly. creating. It's it's creating a climate of no dissent. And exactly. what are the what are the countries that we look at where Victor, you aren't hungry? Right? Russia, right? Russia, where Fox News loves to broadcast from and loves to elevate. You look at Russia, you look at Putin, or Hungary, you look Hungary, at, you where, look at <laughs> where Victor Orban was just saying, we don't want to become a mixed race country. And now he's opening CPAC in Texas, in Texas. And and Tucker Carlson helped open, you know, was like speaking at his thing. I yep. like. Yep. And, the, and, the, and Republicans, Republicans defended Orban, who's the, the leader of Hungary, which is now a regressive authoritarian, quote, quote, de democratic state. And they're seeing Hungary as the model yeah. for the United States of America. And Viktor Orban got into power. And this is why I'm trying to connect the dots. He got into the power by promoting these anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. And as Julia said, openly just a week ago, said we're against mixed race societies and his longtime advisor who stood by the anti-Semitism, the misogyny, the racism. This was a bridge too far. The longtime <laughs> advisor resigned and said, whoa, 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 this is like Nazi this is what they said. That the advisor said, "This is, reminds me of Nazi propaganda. This is everything too else is okay. I, it's yeah. like the Nazis. I, it's like the Nazis who uh, decided to assassinate Hitler in 1944. It's yeah, like, like you know, I think he might be going too far with this war, and he might lose. The, yeah, Julia, it's like everything reason, until everything 1944 was, was okay. The, <laughs> yeah, the previous you know. 11 years were cool. No. It's but, but it's, like, it's the same thing with them right now with the insurrection. January 6th was the day they resigned. So they are on team sane. But all the fucking four years before oh, yeah. that, we were good. That's yeah, about, and, and that's an actual quote, right, from Bill Stapian, who was in the in the White House, that we were team normal, but Rudy was team crazy. Yeah. And Bill Stepien, who is now back on like helping running, helping to run all these MAGA campaigns all over the country. Right. So it, the reason why, and I appreciate you really being personal like this, Julia, and, and us exploring this is connecting the dots is important because one would assume that enough people who warned, right? And I, and I think the double standard that you and Danielle talk about is very important because we talk about this. Women warned, black women warned, mm -hmm. Muslims warned, 
Yes. You as a Jewish woman, I think it's very important being a woman. You're like, you know, you, you, you in your career. I was like, ding, 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 yeah, yeah. ding, ding. But not ding, only ding, that, ding. you didn't get rewarded. You didn't fail up like Mick Mulvaney at CBS or, or Chris Christie. What people also don't know no, about your career. I was fucking punished. I was kicked yeah, out of the club. You were kicked out of the club. You were punished. We won't go into the details, but you know, your editors, it said, keep quiet. Don't be a mouthy woman. Uh, and we could talk about that if we have time. But here we are now in 2022. And it seems that what happened to you got magnified a thousandfold, right? On a macro level, we're witnessing it. January 6th, punishing people of color, right? Like, uh, like literally right now, the mainstreaming of fascism, literally inviting Viktor Orban to freaking Texas. It's happening right now. And yet our media establishment, which you are a part of, still fails to see it. It seems that we're both siding fascism. And for our listeners, you know, Daniel and I criticize this, but as an insider, Explain to us why they still haven't gotten it yet. Like, why are they still say I would push back that I'm a part of the establishment. I'm, you know, I'm at a startup. I don't have, you know, a contract at any of these uh, networks. Like, no, pardon me. I meant, you know, this, you know, this ecosystem really well. Yeah. um, And it kind of, and it nauseates me, I think, because. um, I mean, this is something I find really troubling about Washington. You know, I came from, like, I really cut my teeth in journalism reporting in Moscow, where the real journalists are are the independent journalists, which means they're de facto opposition journalists. And, And there is a barricade between them and the state. Uh, And there is... um, a built-in adversarial relationship. And, and and there's no, <laughs> you know, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And now it's just like all out war on the, you know, and, and the government won. But when I was there and it was still kind of, as the Russians say, it was like vegetarian times. Um, there was still, it was a very adversarial relationship and there was no confusing, like, the, independent journalists weren't insiders. Like there was no confusing them for insiders. Some people had very good sources. Sometimes they went to these parties, but they were not insiders. And then I got to Washington and I was like, wait, what is going on here? Like uh, there's such, they've become insiders. They're like part of the same system and they Mm -hmm. benefit from the same things and they stick around forever. And they're part of the same like forever system. Um, And no matter who wins, and I think that's kind of what underpinned the whole kind of like, well, let's not rush, jump to conclusions and let's not rush to judgment. Let's not panic. You guys are being hysterical because in Washington, really, no matter who wins, nothing much changes. Like everybody makes money. Everybody gets access Everybody writes their pieces and gets their books, book deals and people go into the administration and those who come out go into think tanks or into the private sector. And then the door rotates back again and you all go to the same parties and the same dinners and whatever. And like things in Washington don't really change no matter who's in office. And they changed a lot during the Trump era. But if anything, like the journalistic class did even better 
than in previous administrations. These journalists who covered Trump became celebrities. Like people, they would tell me like people would come up to them and buy them drinks and be like, oh my God, thank you so much for your, for your service, for what you're doing. People would come up to them and ask them for autographs. You know, they were um, getting these crazy book deals that no journalist had ever got. Like nobody got book deals like that for covering even the Obama administration, let alone like the W Bush administration. Right. And they, um, but I think it's, it was generally like, things are going to be okay. The institutions, blah, blah, blah. As if the institutions are these like benevolent robots <laughs> um, who, who will always save us because they're just programmed to do that. As opposed to they're just buildings full of people who just want to make a living and pay their mortgages and send their kids to school and uh, maybe don't have any, many other career options. So if their boss sends down an order that might be uncomfortable to carry out, they might still do it because they need a job. Um, because that's how, it's, it, that's also how institutions work sometimes, um, which is something that Mitch McConnell understands, which is why he packs the judiciary because he understands that it's just people, which is why he wants his people in these institutions anyway. And I think that's kind of why people were so blase about it. Cause they were like, look, it's just another institution. It's just another guy. We know like, yeah, the, these are kind of D listers, but we'll figure them out. We'll get to know them. We'll have some drinks with them. They'll become our sources too. Um, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. You and know, like there was no, they, they, none of them had skin in the game. They weren't nobody, mm. none of their family members were going to get deported. Mm. Um, they weren't getting real. And then they started getting threats. And then, you know, the white guys started getting threats. Mm. And like, it was so funny to see the white guy reporters put up the hate mail they started getting. Because I was like, oh, child, you, I would take that hate mail any day of the week and Sunday. Because it was like, you libtard idiot. I hate your piece. And they were like, oh my God, these readers are so mean. And I'm like, Oh, how many rape threats did you get today? Oh, none. Oh, cool. You, you know, know, and they were like, this, this is what a hostile climate for media. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You know, la last question for you, Julia, because we, we could have this conversation, you know, literally all day and I would love oh, yeah. to. Um, but the last question for you is just with regard to the media, do you feel that anything has been learned? 
Do you think that they have mm. learned from their from the complicity to the you know continued revolving door of how politics works? Have they learned anything? Are we in a different space now, even though not so much time has necessarily passed? I think some things have been learned for sure. What I do worry about is that if this is a nation of Pollyannas, this is a town of like super concentrated Pollyannas. And if Trump, like Trump had this town's number so much, like he understood that they would do any, that the journalists would do anything for access. He understood that, um, Basically, he could throw all this shit at them that he would he could flood the zone with like little mini scoop stories and mini scandals. And everybody would chase that the whole horde would chase that, that it would be like five year olds playing soccer. You know, it would be like 22 bodies chasing the ball around the field like a like a swarm and that they would miss the big things like what was happening at the EPA, for example, or, or what was happening at the State Department, that they would miss the really big stories. Um, and that by doing, by exhausting everybody like that with like 17 news cycles an hour, that everybody's kind of memory cache kept clearing. And, uh, and I think that really happened after he lost, like how many people are really paying attention to January 6th? I think you're even seeing that like after a few of Trump's endorsees, lost their primary racist people are like oh okay good his hold on the uh gop is slipping we don't have to be worried let's move on right it's like they want to they're like looking instead of looking at the whole picture and taking in all the evidence available they're looking for signs that will allow them to be optimistic and move on mm. do you know what i mean as opposed to like, let's see what's actually happening. Let's take in the full picture. Let's look at all the evidence. They're just like, we just want to feel okay and not have to think about this and be scared. We don't want to be scared. They hate being negative. They hate being pessimistic. They hate being cynical. Uh, they think like everything has to have a happy ending and should be uplifting. And so they're like, oh, see, not all his, not all his, not all the people he endorsed one. So it's a I mean, happy that's story. why. I think it's important for independent voices to speak out. That's why it's important for you to keep doing your job. I'm glad you finally have the perch and the autonomy to say what you want in the Julia voice. I hope mm -hmm. our listeners appreciate what Daniel and I are trying to do at democracy ish. Yes. I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing these stories. I know these are some, you know, painful, vulnerable stories. I promise our listeners that we're going to invite Julia again to talk yes. about Ukraine. Yes. It'll be a totally separate episode, but we got so into this that Daniel and I were like really riveted and Julia, we could talk to you. Yeah. For literally, we could talk to you for an hour easily. You're a great conversationalist. And for those who don't know Julia Fowler, she's a lovely person who feeds like 30 people every week. And one day I will have her food post uh, COVID, inshallah. But with the final 30 seconds we have left, let's promote you, Julia. Where can people find you? Find you? How can they support you? Uh, go to puck.news and uh, let's see what the actual. If you go to puck.news and scroll down, you will find me. It's a little face that looks like me. You can also just go to puck.news slash Julia Yaffe, I-O-F-F-E, and you'll find me there. 
Thank you, Julia, so much for coming on. Folks, thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajah Ali. And we will be back next week if, in fact, we still have a country left. Inshallah. Inshallah.